T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So my wife and I don't have kids. We have a running joke that if anyone needs a uterus transplant, they can gladly have ours. Neither of us have had any interest in childbirth. We've thought about possibly fostering in the future, but we also love having so few responsibilities. So we've settled into the role of giving off rich auntie vibes. Super fun now, but what happens when we get older? I'm Femi Redwood, and this is It's Okay to Say Gay. LGBTQ elders face really high rates of loneliness. I connected with SAGE, the country's largest and oldest LGBTQ elder advocacy organization, to learn more. According to SAGE, LGBTQ seniors are four times as likely to not have children when compared to seniors who are not LGBTQ. LGBTQ seniors are also twice as likely to live alone. Especially LGBTQ older adults. That's Paul Ortiz, the senior director of programs and services at SAGE. He says these feelings of isolation got higher during the pandemic. Social connectedness keeps older adults healthy and helps them live longer. He says 60% of LGBTQ elders say they feel a lack of companionship and 50% of them feel isolated. And those feelings make sense when you think about it. As I just pointed out, queer people are less likely to have kids. And considering children are one of the main types of support for elderly people, what does it look like when that system doesn't exist? In addition, coming out in the decades past was much different than it is today. And as a result, some queer elders are no longer connected to their families. And then there was the AIDS crisis. According to the British Academy, the AIDS crisis gutted baby boomers more than any other generation. It found that in 1995, one in 15 gay men died from AIDS. And I don't say this to stigmatize anyone living with HIV or AIDS, but to point out how that ignored crisis had a ripple effect that is still felt today. My wife is also a journalist, and a few years ago, she covered a story on a similar topic, and I'll never forget what one of the older gay men she interviewed said. When talking about how hard it was to make friends, he said when he would make a new batch of friends, they'd get sick and die. So he would have to do it over and over and over again, which became really traumatic. And this is why elderly LGBTQ folks say as we celebrate Pride this year, don't forget about them. 
And you're about to meet a woman who is unforgettable to say the least. Producer Andy Eganthorpe drove all the way from Ridgewood to New Rochelle to meet one LGBTQ elder. Hi, my name is Donna Sue Johnson. I consider myself an ambassador for the LGBTQ elder community. And I often describe myself as a big, black, beautiful, bohemian, bougie, Buddhist butch. Andy, not a bougie butch. (laughs) (laughs) Fanny, let me tell you, a bougie butch. Oh my gosh, I am so obsessed with Donna Sue. Her energy was infectious. You know, she's a 65-year-old veteran. She's an activist, a licensed clinical social worker with over 40 years of experience, and she also volunteers with SAGE. Donna holds Zoom meetings, some that are support groups for elders and others that are intergenerational groups where young people and elders, they get to connect with each other. Yeah. Well, before we get into your conversation, I want to point out that LGBTQ seniors may have different circumstances compared to people who are not LGBTQ. And of course, all of that comes into play as people are aging. Because of the homophobia, because many of us have been kicked to the curb by family. And that's why in our community, we can ask each other, are you family? Saying to someone, are you family? That's asking you, are you in the LGBTQ community? Many of us don't have children. Many of us are single. Many of us were in relationships where we helped raise children, but we may not have that connection anymore. Many of us have had lovers who are now like our sisters. Absolutely. Well, loneliness is like the big topic here, especially amongst our LGBTQ plus elders that can feel isolated. If we're talking about depression and loneliness, the common cold of mental illness is depression. When I'm delivering services, I can see folks who are suffering. There's a lot of walking wounded people out there. You don't have to suffer, but everyone can certainly benefit from talking to somebody, whether it's a chaplain, a pastor, a minister, or a social worker. And that's probably one of the most important parts of the groups that you hold and things like that, so people know that they're not alone. They need socialization. They need support where we have a nutrition program, we're breaking bread, we're talking about current events, we're talking about health, we're talking about the importance of adhering to your medical program so you can maintain your independence. Okay, Andy, so a part of loneliness is also housing, which plays into mental health. They basically go hand in hand. Sage says that LGBTQ plus seniors are more likely to face poverty and homelessness, but because LGBTQ plus people, especially in the older generations, have chosen families versus biological ones, Sage says their care networks are structured differently than those who are not LGBTQ. And we already know getting old in New York City is tough. Between outrageous rents and fixed incomes that don't match inflation, it's not easy. But it's even worse when you're LGBTQ. The housing. I want to jump into the housing aspect of it all. That's huge. Housing is certainly necessary because... Your home is where the heart is. And this is my sanctuary. My concern living here is certainly mirrored by other elders. Is my rent going to exceed my income? Now, there are rent stabilizing programs, but you have to maintain a very specific income. Right now, the universe has blessed me with more than the maximum to have this 
apartment building, which they do at least embrace that, to freeze my rent. But that's not fair, you know? I should be able to have the funds to have fun, to help my family, to live a life that I feel is going to be a life worth living. And you know, the quality of life, how dare anyone say, Donna Sue, you can only make this much to have fun, to have happiness. But in other countries, housing for elders is much more humanitarian, much more loving. We have to take care of our senior citizens. We have value, we still have value. You have to be able to go home and feel safe. So someone can maintain their independence, someone can maintain their happiness, their freedom. There are LGBTQ only like retirement homes, yes? They are very few and in between. There is a real push to educate across the board, skilled nursing facilities, also known as nursing homes, to have cultural competence regarding communities that are disenfranchised and also address folks who are LGBTQ. Can you imagine going to a nursing home? I have a friend, she's in her 80s. She was in a nursing home and she said flatly, do not visit me. Why? Because I don't want them to discriminate against me. We couldn't visit her because she didn't want to be abused once we left. I wish I could tell you that there is plenty of skilled nursing facilities that embrace the LGBTQ elder community, but there are not. There are not. There is a push, SAGE is certainly making a push to educate, provide training to these facilities that are requesting it and are welcoming of it. But there are many who either aren't interested or don't know but with this re-emergence of hostility toward our community, it's harder and harder for our elders to know that they're safe. In New York City, SAGE runs two different affordable apartment developments for LGBTQ seniors. One is in Brooklyn and one is in the Bronx, but most cities don't have this. What also strikes me is how much trauma earlier generations lived through. Again, things were so different for them. While there are still some states today where a person can be fired for being LGBTQ or lose their housing, it was on a much wider scale back then. There were virtually no LGBTQ protections. They lived through being arrested, beat up and fired for being LGBTQ. And all of that discrimination caused trauma that many people still carry with them. But while New York City does have some great services for older folks, Sage says LGBTQ plus elders are less likely to reach out to meal programs and senior centers. Because they feel like they won't be welcome because that is what life has shown them. You know, everything happens for the best. So death, what? What's the best out of that? What are we talking about, Donna Sue? I've learned that two things. Life is precious. We learn how precious life is with the pandemic. And the other lesson is it's a lie that we have enough time. You know, whatever you're going to do, whatever you're going to say, get it done. If you're going to write the book, if you're going to be interviewed by a, a, a magnificent interviewer like Andy oh, Egan, well. do it. You know, there's no more procrastination. And procrastination basically is under the auspices of anxiety. It's all about anxiety. Procrastination is anxiety. And we can work through that just by just moving one step, one step towards your goal. Wow, that is so 
powerful to me. PTSD is anxiety. Anxiety disorder is anxiety. Depression has a lot of anxiety. Loneliness <sighs> leads to anxiety. Oh my for, gosh. Yeah. I would agree. Because depression and anxiety are cousins. Kissing cousins. You mentioned something last time that we talked about emotional muscle. Oh, emotional and muscle. And that's what I want to ask. How are ways the people who are feeling lonely and at that place of loneliness that leads to that anxiety, that depression, how can they build that emotional muscle to kind of work through it? Self-love, self-discipline, self-compassion is emotional muscles. Getting up in the morning and having a routine, uh, whether it's prayer, whether it's exercise, whatever it is, emotional muscles helps with your self-soothing. I'm cooking, for example. I used to eat out all the time. And it was very good, by the way. I've only gotten half through because I don't want you to hear me munching down <laughs> like a pig in the background. But let me tell you, this spice, I had a little sweat. I had to wipe my brow. Ooh. I was sweating a little, Donna. <laughs> very good. Well, Just I'm, hear I'm vegan, mostly vegan. And that is emotional muscle. Being able to really look at your nutritional value because nutritional value equals independence it equals health it equals freedom you know as we grow older we want to stay out of i'm gonna cry out of the nursing home that's where covid lives i have a good good friend who passed during the covid situation and it was sad because there are many of us as if there's a high percentage of lgbtq elders who don't have family don't have children to care for them it's important to maintain as long as you can can i tell you my first experience with pro oh my god well yes my first pride experience was in San Francisco. Open your golden gates. When I went to my first gay day parade, it was 1980. And it was literally, I can see it in my mind's eye. A sea of people, black, white, tall, short, leather, lace, dykes on bikes, police officers, nurses, doctors, teachers. They were all very proud to be out. And then there was Sister Boom Boom and the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence throwing out condoms in full nuns' habits with white powder and mustaches and beards and eyelashes out to there. And I'm like, oh my God, I was there. I remember. I, and I was drinking, drugging, and f***ing, okay? But I was a lesbian. And I think, wow, if I was a gay man, will I still be here? It was a marvelous time to be a lesbian. And I was in the service. So there was, you know, it was paradoxical, a little bit uh, oxymoron going on. My mother died young. My father was a police officer. He's gone. I have a brother and I have first cousins. And I'm just very blessed. Not everyone in my community has the kind of support system that I have. That's one thing that's happy about Pride. How do you feel when thinking about your first Pride and when you see the kids now? Do you feel like the kids now or the people who are going out having their first Pride and doing that forget about their LGBTQ plus elders who came before them? And the yes, I think that there is a piece that's lost. There is a history, a rich, beautiful history that needs to be 
shared, the Stonewall Uprising, for example, Marsha Johnson and Sylvia Rivera are often forgotten. And these are women of color, women who stood up for everyone. Stormy stood up for everyone. These are drag queens and drag kings who stood up and said, no more. We are not going to be discriminated and, and abused by the police. And our young people need to know that they are enjoying this freedom because of some very hard fought battles early on. Very hard fought battles. What are ways that you think that the younger generation could bridge those gaps? I think the first thing that comes to mind is intergenerational programming that is being done at SAGE. We have one in the Bronx and the young people are there and they are oh, so helpful and they are so receptive to the information that we have to give as elders who've lived decades through Don't Ask, Don't Tell or the witch hunts and now we can get married. Now they sometimes think that it's always been this way, but it has not. It was very hard fought battles. So many folks have completed suicide and still do behind the discrimination and the hate. And the reemergence again and again and again, I need to say the reemergence of this hostility, unfortunately, is causing a lot of conflict for folks to either go back in the closet or to, to get up and fight. There are those who are fearful of standing up and speaking out because they don't want to lose their family, their jobs, their housing, their social position, their church, their everything. And then there are those like me who have maintained our authenticity and our love of life, our embracing of freedom and independence. And it's not easy being a big, black, beautiful, bohemian, bougie, Buddhist, butch. It's not, it's not easy being black and lesbian and female and old. Those are isms that society, unfortunately, doesn't value. So it's been a fight. Do you feel pride events and pride things that happen disclude and forget LGBTQ plus elders? I think that there is a push to embrace LGBTQ elders. And I'd like to put it out there that it needs to get better. It needs to be maintained. It needs to be consistent, especially with housing. And how can you be proud of your community when not everybody's being taken care of? This is an excellent quote. So Andy, I forgot until this morning that I actually went to one of Sage's intergenerational dinners and it was so much fun. My wife and I learned so much from the elders that were there. So for those who may be inspired, what can they do to make sure our LGBTQ elders know we appreciate them? You know, Fanny, Sage says it's really simple. Reach out to your elders, offer a helping hand ask how they're doing, see if they need any company, or even sit down with them for a meal. Mm. And I'm sure all of that shows that they're still connected to this community and that they're still valuable. Yes, and SAGE has resources for elders. There's a hotline that is certified in crisis response. There's programs that match older people with volunteers for casual weekly phone calls, and also communities where elders can connect with other people their age. I was so inspired by my talk with Donna. We're going to team up and I'm going to bring a stand-up comedy show to the seniors up at the Bronx Sage Center. I, I'm really looking forward to this. This is going to be fabulous. That's cute. She, I'm sure, would, oh my God, she has to be the MC. If she, like, she has to be the MC. I know you typically MC, Andy, for your comedy shows, but I think Donna Sue needs to be the MC. 
There was an exhibit in Brooklyn last year that featured LGBTQ elders who had to live a double life. Some didn't come out until after they retired because they were afraid of sodomy laws. Not to mention, prominent medical organizations called being LGBTQ a mental disorder. But these elders paved the way for us. Career-wise, I get to do what I love while also being my true and authentic self because of our queer elders. You know, going back to Donna, one of the things I especially appreciated that she said was, we all have to find our uniqueness, and that is the common thread of humanity. And I just love that. So as we're celebrating what makes us special this Pride, let's make sure LGBTQ New Yorkers of all ages can celebrate. Thanks so much for listening to It's Okay to Say Gay. If you're enjoying the series, please subscribe. We're on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's Okay to Say Gay is a special production of 1010 Wins and WCBS News Radio 880. Special thanks, of course, to Andy Egan Thorpe. Tim Schaud is the WCBS News Radio 880 brand manager. Ben Meverack is the 1010 Wins brand manager. And I'm Fami Redwood. Thanks for listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.